This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. Here we go. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Happy Friday, everyone. We're so close to the weekend. I'm Daniel Sellerson. Filling in for Sean Kelly as the Pelicans are in their last day of training camp at the Greenbrier. They'll have one practice this morning, and then this afternoon they'll head to Indianapolis as they'll take on the Pacers tomorrow in preseason game number one. It's also a black and gold Friday because the Saints take on the Cowboys Sunday night football, uh, of course, on Sunday night. So we'll have plenty of Pelicans and Saints coverage today on the show. We'll have Jim Eichenhofer Check in from the Greenbrier, kind of give his take on the open practice last night, which was a huge success. Um, great job by Sean Kelly and David Wesley on the call there. And uh, he also give us a little preview of Pacers and Pelicans for tomorrow. Then we'll focus on the Saints a little bit. Of course, the game is on NBC, so we actually got someone from NBC Sports to talk to, Alex Flanagan, who covers the NFL for NBC Sports, and she also covers college football. And she also is a part of the NFL Network. She'll talk a little Cowboys and Saints, plus some NFL storylines to look out for and some from the past three weeks. And uh, then our Fan Friday continues. You know, a couple weeks ago, we started our Fan Friday um, with a fan who had a great barbecue ribs recipe, or at least a buffalo ribs recipe, I believe. Um, it was very good. We're off to a good start. And so uh, this week, we decided to have a celebrity Fan Friday, and that is Judge Faith Jenkins. She has a show on WUPL that airs every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., and uh, it's a fantastic show. I've been able to catch a few of them. And uh, we have her on the show. She's a huge Saints fan. She was a former Miss Louisiana, former Miss America runner-up. She went to Louisiana Tech. She got her law degree, I believe, from Southern. Um, and we'll find all this out um, on today's show. But such a great guest um, we'll have on this Friday. And uh, she'll kind of give her preview a little bit of the game. She uh, watches a lot of the games. She lives in California, but she finds a way to get to the games. And you'll hear more about that coming up the coming up on the show so a blockbuster show for you on this friday and then we'll wrap up in segment five i'll tell you about how you can win a cj spiller football and also there's some tickets given back by the dallas cowboys i'll have info from you for you about that in segment five so we have alex flanagan faith jenkins but first we'll start with some pelicans talk and jim eichenhofer you're listening to the friday edition of the black and blue report Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelicans Pick 6 plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your Pick 6 plan today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. 
Welcome back to the show. Usually we like to say TGIT. Thank goodness it's Tuesday because that means Jim Heikenhofer is on. But, uh, you know, the normal saying is TGIF. And I'm going to say TGIJE. Thank goodness it's Jim Eichenhofer. And he joins me now from West Virginia. Jim, uh, hope all is well. Are you a avid skeet shooter now that you've had a week in West Virginia? <laughs> no, actually, I have not picked up a gun in a long time. I think the last time I did was I might have been a kid. It was it was legal. But, okay. So, but I uh, yeah, I I did not partake in the skeet shooting, unfortunately. I didn't know where you were going with that as a young kid picking up a gun, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna stay away from that. Um, how about a golf club? Did sure. you go golfing with the boys? I didn't do that either, actually. Oh. I I haven't played in so long that I figured if I did play, instead of it being a three-hour round, it would be like a seven-hour round. Oh. So for the sake of them, I those guys, I figured I'd just let them play this time man should i just stop the interview now have you done anything while you're (laughs) you cover this team no it's (laughs) hey you know if you if you uh if you've been to the website you know i've been working 24 hours every day this week so so that's that's my answer there you go and and you have a lot of good stuff there on pelicans.com and the pelicans mobile app um jim i want to start with just your thoughts on training camp in general you know up in west virginia a lot of teams have started to go up to different places or down to different places you know the lakers are in hawaii um you know, a lot of teams don't stay at their facility. Do you think the players are enjoying their time here in West Virginia, kind of getting away from everything? Yeah, I think so. I think the biggest thing is that there's – I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do here. I'm not sure if there's a lot of stuff that's conducive to 25-year-olds. So I think one of the things that's advantageous for the players and for the team overall is that they can really spend a lot of time together. They've had all their meals together which has been really cool and something that's pretty much brand new, um, you know, after practices and before practices. So I think one of the biggest things is just that they've been able to spend a lot of time with each other here, and there's not a ton of distractions or different things pulling people um, in a, a lot of different directions. I want to talk about the practices practices a little bit. Um, they've had some days where there's two days, some days where there hasn't been um, – you know, you have a new system, which means new defense and new offense, also a faster pace. What has coach and the team been focusing on most? Has there been, okay, we need to focus on our defense more? Has there been more offensive? Yep. Or has it kind of been a balance between both and also the conditioning factor? I think um, defense has definitely been the number one priority. I feel like they've spent the most time on that. Um, you see Darren Ehrman out there on the court explaining his philosophies and explaining, like, in – all different situations of where you should be on defense so that when the season comes and when they start playing games, there isn't going to be any confusion about where I'm supposed to be. So um, I think that's the number one thing, and I think second is probably conditioning. Offense might actually be third in terms of what they've emphasized here, but I think some of that is because the offense is going to be generated a lot by pushing the ball up the court. So you got to get the conditioning first, I think, before you can – really um focus a ton or or you know make that a emphasis is once everybody's in shape i think they know that they have the the weapons and the offensive talent to put up a lot of points no matter what kind of offense they run i noticed yesterday i believe you tweeted this that during the open practice there was an 18 second shot clock just to kind of get a feel for that fast-paced offense how did the team adapt um to that 18 second shot clock um pretty well i think there may have been one or two shot clock violations with the 18 um, second shot clock. It's it's funny because 
I feel like, of course, the reason that they put that in is because they want to push the ball. But if you, when sometimes it's inevitable that you do get into a half court situation because you can't run every single play, uh, possession. And uh, <clears throat> a couple of the shot clock violations, I think, were it was funny because after watching hundreds and hundreds of NBA games and you get so used to the shot clock, there's a certain rhythm or, or timing, and it's like when you, when you take six seconds away off that shot clock a lot of times you look up and you're like, wait, there's only five seconds on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what happened is, you know, it's just uh, 18 seconds is not, is not a long time when you're playing in the half court. So um, overall, I think they, they did a good job, but it's just, it's definitely an adjustment, but I think that's part of what they're trying to instill is that you're, you're just trying to play a completely different way than you, what you played before. Any players uh, stand out from yesterday's open practice in your opinion? Yeah, there was two guys that I uh, wrote about last night that I think pretty much everybody there was really impressed by. Um, Eric, I think Eric Gordon was probably the most impressive guy because he had 22 points in the first half, and he did it in kind of a combination of jumpers and getting to the basket. He looked really explosive. He looks like he can, like when he um, elevates towards the basket, I think he's getting getting closer to the rim than he has in the past, so um, that might be something that we ask him about is, you know, he, I think he just feels really good physically that he's had, you know, a year or two now of, of where his legs haven't been an issue. Um, the other guy was Ryan Anderson. He was just, you know, raining three pointers. He had six of them last night, um, and just looked really good. I think the fact that he's in better shape, you know, he just looks a lot better. He looks like he he can move around a lot more easily. And I think he thinks he has his legs under him now which was some of a some of a bit of an issue last year. That's good to hear. Um, you have a few training camp guys fighting for potentially a spot on the roster. Have any of those guys stuck out to you? Um, there's a couple guys that I, I like, Bryce D. John Jones, because I think he has a lot of upside. I think he has potential. He might not be a guy that makes a big impact in his first year if he, if he makes a roster in the NBA, but I think he has a lot of the – natural ability to be a good player down the road. Um, I think as far as last night's scrimmage, I think Jeff Adrian was probably the guy that played the best or, or made the biggest contributions. Um, he's a pretty hard-nosed kind of guy. He had a, a nice block shot. Um, he's a little bit more athletic, I think, than, than you realize because he's such a strong, muscular guy. And I think he had maybe eight or ten points Um looks pretty good finishing around the basket, which we've seen before and with him in the NBA in real games. So uh, I think those are a couple of the guys that, that probably stood out to me. All right, so Pacers and Pelicans tomorrow night, preseason game number one. What are you going to look out for as far as preseason game number one? I know for a lot of us or most of us, unless you're in Indiana, you're not going to be able to watch it. You can listen to it sure. on the radio, so you're going to have to be our eyes for us. What are you trying to look out for in, in tomorrow's game? Is it more just how this team you know, fits in with the system a little bit? Are you looking for certain mm-hmm. players? Um, what are you trying to look out for tomorrow? I think the biggest thing I'll be watching is style of play to see exactly now that they're playing against another NBA team, um, obviously it's only preseason. It's not, it doesn't count in the standings, but to see how they can push the ball and how effective they are at that. And I think one of the interesting things about the matchup tomorrow is that um, the Pacers are also going from playing more of a slower traditional pace to they want to push the ball all the time. And they even have talked about moving Paul George to power forward, which is a completely different wrinkle that 
is going to look different than a lot of teams in the entire league. So um, I think that's probably the number one thing is just to, to see how uh, how well they can push the ball and how many fast break chances they get and also how many threes they create because that was one thing uh, as well from last night's scrimmage that you, uh, you can you can pretty much bank put it in the bank that they're going to take more threes than than they did last last few seasons by probably a pretty significant margin. Have you gotten a sense of how much some of the main players will play tomorrow? It's you know you try to find that balance of them you know getting some. I guess reps, I would say, in preseason, but also not wearing them down or playing a lot and risking injury. Um, how much of it do you think the starters will get tomorrow in the first preseason game? I'm not sure yet. I think it's something that we're going to talk to uh, Coach Gentry about today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of a, a few other factors, I guess, that you kind of have to throw in, such as that uh, Drew Holiday obviously is on a minute restriction. Um, Quincy's not available till November. Um, you know, so on and so forth. There's a few, there's, as we just talked about, there's five guys that are vying for roster spots. So, um, you know, you might want to try to mix some of those guys in early so that, because you only have seven preseason games. I know that's still a lot for us, but for, if you're trying to make a team, it's not that many games. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure. I think we'll, we'll talk about that with coach Gentry today. And that'll be something that, you can look for um, on Pelicans.com later today. I can't wait. Jim offer from Pelicans.com, and be sure to check out his work uh, today and uh, all day tomorrow on uh, Pelicans.com and the Pelicans mobile app. We look forward to preseason game number one tomorrow. You're our eyes, Jim offer so a lot is riding on you tomorrow because <laughs> I'll be in the studio and I can't see a thing. I'm just going to have to listen, and it'll be hard for me to say, well, they sound great, but I'm going to need you to, <laughs> to kind of help us and um, – Tell us how things are going. So uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Happy Happy uh, New Year to you. <laughs> happy New Year to you. That's a lot of pressure you're putting on me, but I think I'm up to the challenge. If, if you, uh, I know you believe in me. If anyone can do it, you can, Jim. So enjoy your last day <laughs> at the Greenbrier, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, thanks, Daniel. Yep. All right. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to Saints and Cowboys. We'll hear from Alex Flanagan from NBC Sports and the NFL Network. Stay with us. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show on this Friday. Of course, Saints and Cowboys is this Sunday on Sunday Night Football. You can, of course, watch it on NBC. And joining us now uh, from NBC and also the NFL Network, Alex Flanagan. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. 
You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, of course, the big matchup, Saints and Cowboys on Sunday night football. If you were getting ready for this game um, as a sideline reporter or covering this game, what would be some of the storylines for you with this game? Well, I think there's the obvious one, right? I mean, mm-hmm. who could have guessed that in week four this game might not include Drew Brees or Tony Romo, right? right? And that we would be watching Brandon Reed and then Luke McCowan um, battle it out as quarterbacks. I I was um, looking at some of our NFL Network research notes this morning, and an interesting stat popped out to me, which is Drew Brees has never missed an NFL game because of an injury. He's missed because of rest during um, weeks late in the season and other reasons, but never because of an injury, which is just phenomenal. So I think it obviously is – you know, huge storyline whether or not he'll be able to play this weekend. Plus, he's um, my fantasy quarterback, so I really need to know, Daniel. <laughs> I'll try to get you the latest. I'm not sure. It's, it's so hard to tell right now whether he's going to play or not. Um, but also, you, you mentioned uh, the Cowboys. No Tony Romo, no Des Bryant. Um, it's kind of hard to tell the Cowboys' identity right now. It seems like they had the game in control against Atlanta and then kind of struggled in that second half. What have you seen from Dallas as far as where they are right now as a team? Yeah, I think it really interesting. I mean, I watched the first half of that game, and I thought they had it wrapped up, and then I got home and saw the score and couldn't believe that um, they had let that one slip away. So I, I think that they're certainly a team that's trying to find their identity a little bit, especially when you say you don't have the pieces that you just mentioned in Des Bryant and Tony Romo, the running back situation that they have there. I think they're still trying to figure that out after they um, let one of the best running backs in the league go. Um, you know, I think they still have one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League, and I think they still have some pieces, but certainly they're going to have to get through um, not having Tony Romo. And I think, I mean, I just think we see week in and week out how important that quarterback position has become um, to your success. And I think for Tony Romo, I mean, he just it's like one thing after another, and you hate to see that happen. Yeah, no doubt. Um, also on the Saints side, 0-3 start, obviously tough start here in New Orleans, but they played two really good teams in Arizona and Carolina, both of them 3-0. and What have you seen, and also no Drew Brees last week, what have you seen about the Saints team so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints um, are an evolving team, right? I think you have some new pieces and some old pieces, and I think you're trying to figure out how to mesh those together. I thought Brandon Cooks might have a better start to the year. Um, you know, I was expecting him to do a little bit better. I think C.J. Spiller was a great addition to that team, but we need to see what he still has left in the tank as a running back and trying to figure out, you know, if Mark Ingram can be what people expected and thought he might bring to this team. So a running game certainly would help, and I think that's, you know, been one of the issues there for a while now. Um, but, you know, I, I, it, it's surprising to see them start that way, and, and I think with Drew Brees and, and these situations, the situation that he's going through in terms of injuries, I mean, even if he does play um, on Sunday, does it mean he's healthy? And if he's hampered by a shoulder injury all season long, does that mean he can even be close to 100%? Yeah, it should be interesting to see for sure. And I know since the game is in Nola, I'm sure you've been to New Orleans a few times. What's your favorite place to go here to eat? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a tough one. I know. I know. Well, I know. It's been, um, you know, I was thrilled to spend a week there during the Super Bowl a few years back, and I just think it's such a charming city. I lived in uh, Montgomery, Alabama for a while, okay. and when I lived there, I got to come down and experience Mardi Gras and, and do some of the oh, fun nice. things in New Orleans. Um, it's. I just think it's, it's. there's such an incredible vibe there when it comes to food and and um, I love getting beignets. I would have to say that's probably my favorite favorite tourist trap when I come to New Orleans is to go down and get the beignets. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't been though 
probably. I haven't been that frequently, so I need to get back and see some of the new restaurants, I suppose, right? Absolutely. You need to get your bosses to say you need to go cover the Saints here. Right? Down. We've got some reporters based in the southern region, so I have to fight for those assignments now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about some NFL storylines. I believe you're in Arizona covering the Cardinals um, 3-0 team. I think some people thought maybe they'd be this good if Carson Palmer was healthy, but I think some teams are surprised about Arizona. Are you kind of surprised at how they've started? No, not at all. I mean, I think um, I think they had they had everything last year, and as you and I are talking about quarterbacks and injuries, I mean, Carson Palmer was injured, and I think you know when that happened, the team certainly changed, um, and, and they couldn't you know really replace him, and they couldn't figure out a quarterback situation without him. He's healthy. He's so determined. I spent some time with this team in the summer, and his um, schedule and his routine in terms of getting back and how disciplined he was was really impressive so I think he really you know I think he knows that his window is pretty small here and he's got to capitalize on it I think um, again as we talked about the Saints I mean I think Arizona's been able to find a running game which is something that they didn't have last year and really needed to kind of take it to the next level and um, I mean it's been fun to watch players like Larry Fitzgerald start the season the way that he has I mean you see these guys that I was um I confess that I was asking him this summer, what's your role going to be on yeah. this Cardinals team this year? <laughs> what do you say to that? Um, I have to eat some eat some crow, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and it seems like at first, like you said, he'd kind of be like the third string running back. It just seems like with Josh Brown there and Floyd, um, you never knew his role, and then all of a sudden he's been springing out. He's been a nice surprise. Um, what are some of your other surprising storylines so far this NFL season? You know, it's interesting. I I wonder sometimes if the surprises are are, are more who's not doing well mm-hmm. or who's doing well. I mean, I think I think you know something that has just caught my eye, I guess, is the New England Patriots. I mean, coming off a, a championship and they just go right back to doing the same thing that they do so well, and they plug in players and you know they have a young running back that nobody's ever heard of, or a lot of people say they haven't heard of that has a humongous game in week two, and then here they are in week three with LeGarrette Blunt being the guy that carries the rock. It just seems like they have a system that works so well there. And then you have um, the Green Bay Packers, I think, who have kind of an opposite way of doing things, and they are achieving such success as well. I mean, they kind of grow their own players. They draft their own players. They have a very um, unique, I think, um, system that they stick to, and it's worked out, I think, to watch – you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers play at the level that they're playing at right now um, has been fun to see. Is that potentially, in your, in your opinion, a Super Bowl matchup there so far? Just I know it's way too early. It's only week three, I but know. Patriots and Packers <laughs> uh, seems like two of the top teams right now. Do you see uh, them being the two that could potentially be there in February or January? Oh, like you said, I think it's really hard mm-hmm. to say. I mean, I think I, I certainly, you know, I think you have to also look at um, – Seattle, I mean, as the defending um, Super Bowl runner-ups, I guess, um, I think as they might kind of meld together, I don't think we've seen what they're capable of. I don't think you can count out Arizona. I mean, I think if Arizona can stay healthy, which was something they couldn't do last year, I think they're a real threat. I think the Denver Broncos, um, it's been interesting. I think that's been another great storyline is to see the transition just in four weeks that that team has undergone. I mean, you're kind of wondering, is Peyton Manning and Kubiak going to be able to blend their systems together? And it appeared they weren't going to be able to in the first week, and then they've kind of adjusted. And now all of a sudden you see a team that also has a really good defense and I think a quarterback in Peyton Manning that you can never count out. No doubt. We're talking with Alex Flanagan from NBC Sports and the NFL Network. And 
kind of another surprise, I would say, that the whole NFC South um, as a whole, you know, last year no team had a winning record. Sure. Could you see? Did you see coming that Carolina and Atlanta both to be three zero after week three? No, <laughs> I mean absolutely not. Um, I think I thought maybe Carolina had had some potential because I feel like they are a team that still hasn't, you know, still has a lot of growing to do in terms of Camp Newton and some of the pieces that they have. Um, I I think I fell into the trap that a lot of people did, um, feeling like the Atlanta Falcons were maybe in a transition year with a new head coach and it was going to take a little bit of time um, before you know they kind of found their groove. Um, I mean, and then to see the, the Saints playing, um, you know, with an 0-3 start, I mm-hmm. certainly didn't expect. So, I mean, the division is not at all how I would have picked it right now. Right on there. Um, before I let you go, I want to talk about your a new website. I love to watch you play that comment. I was looking at it before uh, we got on, and it's a very interesting. I, I've, one, I want to wonder where was this, you know, when I was growing up playing sports and for my parents and all that. Where did you come up with the idea of I love to watch you play.com? I think just what you said, thank you so much, first of all, for even looking at it. Um, It's my little passion project. It's my hobby and my free time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a mom of three kids, Mm -hmm. and I just found myself um, in a lot of discussions with parents where we have a lot of questions about, um, you know, when should the kids be specializing? What equipment should they be wearing? I think sports have become such an important part of our society. And so I was just part of all these different conversations. And I started writing about it, and people um, seemed to really resonate with a lot of people. And so we decided, my um, partner, Asia Mape, who I worked with many years ago at Fox Sports in Los Angeles, um, we decided to kind of make it a resource for other parents. Like you said, your Mm -hmm. parents didn't have something like this out there. So we're just kind of throwing stuff up there for people to discuss and read and share their thoughts on. And um, it's it's been really fun. And it's been nice because one of the things um, I've realized in doing it is that so many people are parents, so many people um, that I cover, you know, whether it's players or the coaches or team owners, you know, they all have kids. A lot of them play sports and um, it's something that everybody really loves to talk about. So it's been fun to, you know, be able to be on a field or in a locker room and get to, you know, pick people's brains about their kids instead of um, an offensive game plan or something. (laughs) Yeah. What's the toughest thing about you have three kids. What's the toughest thing about watching them play sports as far as being a parent? Oh, that's, um, I think I've evolved a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a pretty type A competitive um, personality. And I think when I first started, I really wanted them to win and I wanted them to be the best on the team. And it took me a little while to learn that that wasn't really what it is all about, um, that it's about the experience. Um, I think I also had to learn it's it's not about me. You know, I Mm -hmm. I signed my kids up for things that I wanted them to play and I thought were important. And um, it's been a good journey to realize there are things that they like that I really would have never thought of. Like my daughter, my oldest daughter is really into horseback riding Mm -hmm. and hunter jumping. And um, I've tried my hardest to kind of push her into volleyball and basketball. (laughs) (laughs) And she feels super passionate about horses and that's become kind of her therapy and um, her happy place. And so, um, you know, kind of sitting back as a parent and saying like, gosh, even though my kids are 10 and 11 and seven, um, they kind of decide on their own and they know what's right for them and what fits them. So um, I'm, I'm still learning every single day and trying to be um, the best parent I can be through just sitting back and learning. And that's one of the reasons I love this website is it gives me the opportunity to reach out to people and learn from them. Very cool. Very cool. I know you, you post stuff on your Twitter page about your website and of course all your uh, NFL and NBC sports work. How can folks follow you on Twitter? Um, I'm at Alex. What am I? Alex, I guess, underscore Flanagan. Okay. <laughs> I hope <Yeah>. that's right. <laughs> we'll just search Alex Flanagan. 
And I think, uh, yeah, Alex Scott Flanagan on Instagram. I better get those down, huh? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's a cool site. I love to watch you play dot com. Um, I, I definitely do recommend. I was looking at it before. It's great for parents and those, uh, you know, becoming parents too. It's always good to get a head start. Great tips and all that there. And of course, follow her. Um, for NBC stuff and NFL Network stuff. And, Alex, it was a pleasure having you on today, and uh, enjoy this weekend of football. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care. You too. All right, we'll be back on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wars Soldier, Drew Brees' Disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. We are making history on this Fan Friday. We have never had a judge on the show until now. Judge Faith Jenkins is a legal analyst for MSNBC, former Miss Louisiana, former Miss America runner-up, and her new show, Judge Faith, debuted last week across the nation. Judge Jenkins, it's truly an honor to have you on our show, and thank you so much for coming on this morning. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Great. Now, uh, just to be clear, I had to go through a whole background check so we could have her on the show. I have no unpaid parking tickets, so we're off to a good start, Judge. Good to know. Good to know. Absolutely. Um, before I get into the new show, I want to ask you about um, at what age or what time in your life you decided that you wanted to study law and become a judge? Well, I actually decided early on that I wanted to go to law school as a kid. That was just based on watching television, watching those old Perry Mason shows. Mm -hmm. I, I liked them a lot, and then decided I would go to law school. And, and with the court show, it's interesting because I was actually – I just finished three years as, as a prosecutor in the DA's office and then was uh, doing some legal analyst work for all three of the networks, CNN, Fox, and MSNBC – and uh, it was during the George Zimmerman trial. Right after that trial is when I got approached about doing this show on television. Great. Now, um, you're a former Miss Louisiana, former Miss America runner-up. Was it hard balancing that stuff as, along with pursuing your uh, career goals at the same time? Well, I took a year off of school when I won Miss Louisiana. I was in okay. law school at the time in Baton Rouge at Southern, and I took the year off to be Miss Louisiana and go and compete at Miss America but afterwards, it was interesting because a lot of people told me, well, you should try to go into entertainment now. You've been on national television, and you have people calling you. And I decided I didn't want to take any more time away from law school and wanted to go back to school and finish. And it's interesting because I took that path, went, got my degree, moved to New York, started working for a major law firm, and years later still ended up with having my own TV show. So I think that just goes to show 
when the time is right and the opportunities are right, things will happen for you, but follow your heart. And at that time, I wanted to go back and finish school. That's awesome, man. Now let's talk about the show, uh, Judge Faith. Before we do, we have a, a clip, 30-second clip, uh, from one of the episodes. Told her that I, she could go. Her. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Y'all are doing way too much here. Oh, a $187 Maroon 5 uh, ticket. Well, you just don't <laughs> look like the type that would be going in on someone and have a restraining order. You're not 19 years old for harassment. What, what would Adam Levine think about this? <laughs> All right, so part of this episode was about a Maroon 5 ticket. Pretty strange. I'm sure you've seen your fair share of strange lawsuits, haven't you? I have. I have. I have. And I remember that case specifically because the uh, the girls were so young. They were teenagers, 19 mm -hmm. years old. And the police had gotten involved. It was all over a, a concert ticket. One didn't pay the other back for a concert ticket. And here's the thing these days. People take everything to social media. That's what mm -hmm. I noticed the most about my show. The grievances they have, the arguments and disputes, they get blown out of proportion because people take them to social media. And they will embarrass other people on social media. And they'll put every detail about conflict on social media. That's what really ratchets things up in these lawsuits. And that's what happened with these girls. So, of course, you've been on TV for so long and now doing this show. Um, what do you like about the show? What's different from this compared to all your time being on national television as, as far as an analyst? Um, I – well, obviously, this is, a, this is a unique opportunity because you, you have an opportunity to really help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know, in a lot of these cases, some of the lawsuits will be over 100 or $200, and that may be – that may not be a lot of money – to some people, but for a lot of people on the show, they really feel like they've been long, and that $100 or $200 goes a long way for them. And so it's their opportunity, their day in court to get justice. And I listen to them. I let them talk. I let them plead their cases. And and, and, in, and in the end, you want to make that right decision because, you know, want to give someone the opportunity to have their day in court and let their voice be heard. And for a lot of people, that's what it's about, in addition to the money. Is it tough? Because, you know, obviously having a TV show, there's entertainment value with it. Is it tough trying to balance out, you know, um, the justice system as far as getting the person what they deserve, what they want, and also being an entertain entertaining show? Is it tough to balance that out sometimes? No, because I think the I think the stories are actually quite interesting. <laughs> you know, we get a lot of, of really interesting cases, and I think that my goal I don't think about the cameras. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I think about my job and, and what I'm supposed to be doing. Is it entertaining? Yes, we laugh. Are there cases that are extremely sad? Yes, we cry. You have all of those emotional aspects because you're dealing with real people and real disputes. And sometimes I've had mothers sue their daughters. Oh, wow. I've had fathers through their sons. Some of these cases have a very emotional aspect to them. So whatever happens in the case, whatever kind of case I have, my objective is to get to the truth. And if we have some fun along the way, that's great. If you watch the show, you'll see it's very entertaining. I think it comes on at 10 in New Orleans on a WUPL, yes. I believe. Yes. And um, if you watch, you see like the shows are, are very entertaining, but it's not because I'm forcing that issue. It's just because the litigants are real people and they're bringing their stories to life. Very true, very true. And now there's another reason why we've also had you on the show today. It's come to our attention that you are a Saints fan. 
And um, so I wanted to ask you, how long have you been a Saints fan, and have you attended any games in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome? Oh, I have. I, I usually go to a game every year, and I'm born and raised in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. My dad's a Saints fan, so, I mean, I always have been. Um, and so <laughs> it's kind of a struggle right now for us this year. Um, but I think that having so many new players, the team just to have, they have to find time to jail and find their own identity. I really don't think that – I mean, the offense really hasn't been the same since uh, Sean Payton was suspended mm-hmm. for that year. That was just a, a really harsh punishment, and and we haven't been the same since. So, you know, those two things, those are two things I think that um, we have to find solutions for, what's going on with the offense and also just gelling as a, as a largely new team. Absolutely. I can By the way, I think the backup quarterback played really well in I do too. the Panthers game. He, he really did. And it was the first time this season I think we saw true balance on the team in terms of the passing game and the running game. I think he did a great job. I completely agree, Faith. And um, I wanted to talk to you about since you, you used to live in New York, and I believe now you're in Los Angeles for your new show, correct? Yes, that's correct. So uh, how how tough is it to watch these Saints games, knowing that sometimes they're not on in uh, New York, not on in California? How do you how do you watch the Saints every Sunday? Do you try to go to a sports bar? Do you have a, a package where you can watch all the games? How are you trying to uh, watch these games when you're living in California? Well, if I'm not traveling, I mean, it's the same thing in New York. But if I'm not uh, traveling on Sundays, I, I go out. I'll go out and watch with friends. And this past Sunday, we went to a, a place called uh, Louisa's. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, and they, I, I guess the owner must be from New Orleans, and this was right here in L.A. Uh, like I, he must be from New Orleans because everything was decorated with the Saints, and and that was the only game they had on there. And keep in mind, in California, the games come on at ten yeah. a.m. So it's so early, and I, and so everyone was there at ten o'clock in the morning watching the Saints game. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Well, that doesn't surprise me with Saints fans. That means you have to have breakfast now with watching your football. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So what are your what are some of your favorite memories? You said you've been to a bunch of Saints games. You've watched a ton of Saints games from near and far. What what are some of your favorite memories as a Saints fan? I my favorite memory was I was there for the NFC Championship game okay. when uh, we played the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, um, with Brett Favre as quarterback, it was a very stressful game. I, I mean, I, I was I, I actually I couldn't really enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the game afterwards after we won. But that game came down to uh, came down to the wire. But obviously, that was the game that took us to our very first Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. I was so happy to be there and that I could uh, be a part of that experience. Are you the type of fan that kind of has to pace or kind of gets anxious and nervous during the game and stresses out, or are you are you kind of chill during a game? Because I'm a person that has to be standing up the whole time, whether I'm watching in my living room or at a bar or something. What type of fan are you when watching these games on television? See, I'm the, I'm, I, I go through a range of emotions. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, I will stand up. I'll sit down, I'll watch, but then I'll have to stand up. And even if I'm out with people, I have to get up out of my chair. And if, if there's a big play or something's coming up, I have to get up out of my chair and stand behind everyone else. So I, I go through a range of emotions. But I, when I'm out in the public, I try to be a little more calm. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes that doesn't always work, and I have to catch myself. But when I'm around a lot of other Saints fans, no one judges me. So that's the good news. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And Saints get their first win this Sunday night against the Cowboys, correct? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're just not going uh, 0-4, so it's going to happen this week without a doubt. Yep, and good news, national television, which means you don't have to go anywhere. You can be in the comforts of your own home, so that's uh, a good thing for uh, you there in California. I also want to ask you, since uh, the Pelicans are part of this organization as well, are you a basketball fan? You know, I'm not really a basketball fan. I don't follow the NBA that much. Okay. Football is the bigger sport then? Yes, definitely. All right, awesome. Well, uh, that's Judge Faith Jenkins. Be sure to check out her new show, Judge Faith, every day on WPL in New Orleans at 10 a.m. And, uh, Judge, we're so glad you can come on and talk to us today and uh, glad to have you as part of a Saints Nation. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. Absolutely. We'll be back on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Millions of fans have made the show their rock holiday tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the live debut of the Ghost of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO, presented by Hallmark Channel. December 10th at Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. All new show, all new visual spectacular, all your favorites. The power of rock. With the majesty of classical, a multi-sensory experience that is truly a must-see. This is Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live. Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Ghost of Christmas Eve. Order the new album, Letters from the Labyrinth. Available at Amazon.com. Another Beaver production. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, so a little house cleaning to do before we get you out of here on this Friday. First off, as I mentioned in segment one, the Dallas Cowboys have uh, given back some of their allotment of tickets for this Sunday's game. And um, those tickets will now be available to purchase. Fans can purchase these tickets in person at the New Orleans Saints ticket office, 5800 Airline Drive here in Metairie, or you can call 504-731-1700. Again, that's 504-731-1700 between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. today and on Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. So uh, if you want some tickets for Sunday's game, um, make sure you check out the Saints ticket office. And then also... You know, the Saints app has a lot of improvements, a lot of upgrades, and it's been a great uh, thing to have on game day. And so now if you're attending Sunday's game, you'll be able to enter for a chance to win an autographed football by C.J. Spiller and two halftime passes. But you have to follow these four steps. Download the New Orleans Saints app. You should already have that already. Then allow notifications. Step three, enable Bluetooth. And then wait for contest notification on Sunday on how to enter. So those four steps and also be sure to follow at Saints Game Day on Twitter to stay informed on everything Saints Game Day related, whether it's traffic, weather, and game day entertainment. So those four steps can get you two passes for halftime and a C.J. Spiller autographed football for this week. So uh, a big week between the Cowboys and Saints. And so also you can download the app. You can watch replays on your phone, get updates. You can check your fantasy teams because there's a lot of stats that you can get on there that you can't get anywhere else. So the game day experience is awesome, and it makes it a lot better with the Saints mobile app. On the Pelican side, first preseason game is tomorrow. It is not on television. The only way you can check it out is on the old-fashioned radio. I'll be on the call at 5.30 for Pelican's warm-up. It's our 
debut of Pelicans warm-up. We haven't had a pregame show in quite a while, so we're very excited for that. Then the game will start at 6. David Wesley and Sean Kelly on the call. Yes, David will be on the radio. He is flying with the team. He was already in Greenbrier with Sean, so decide how about we bring him to Indiana, and uh, he'll be on the call with Sean Kelly starting at 6 p.m. Central, and then we'll have a full halftime and postgame coverage on 99.5 News Talk. WRNO. That's our flagship station. You can check out pelicans.com for all our other affiliates if you are trying to listen and you're not in the New Orleans area. You can also listen online too. I believe NBA League Audio Pass will be up for preseason. I'm not sure, but if not, um, you can also listen on your Pelicans mobile app if you're within the range. I believe it's 75 miles um, in between New Orleans. So if you have it there, you should be able to pick it up on the mobile app. So 6 o'clock tomorrow, first Pelicans preseason game. I know it's tough when you can't watch it, but still listen, you'll get an idea of how this team is doing and also get a feel for how this team could look this year and some of the training camp guys that are fighting for their NBA lives tomorrow. So a huge weekend for Saints and Pelicans. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some college football, some big games out there as well. And we'll talk to you on Monday on the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly should be back for that. And then we'll have another week of Saints and Pelicans talk. Enjoy your weekend. And until Monday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. Do it, do it.